Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to a special combined episode. Maybe a combined episode of three shows that I probably will air on three channels. Hating um, It Magazine, No Money Involved, or no, I mean it's uh, Advanced Macking, and uh, what's the other one? Occult Knowledge. First of all, my name is Mike Trojan. I am a philosopher. I have contact with future beings, including Logan from the future. He does give me certain tidbits about, you know, the human body and what they've discovered in the uh, succeeding years from now. Um, We're in a very momentous time in our collective souls. Uh, The 2012 issue is very simple. The idea that time ends in 2012 is for this reason, that in 2012 we discover that we no longer need to age or die. Yes, indeed. So, it is propitious then that we found another Earth, one that is a little bit larger than this one and can sustain life like this planet, because we will be expanding, given the fact that none of us will be leaving this planet for the time being, unless, of course, you get hit by a bus. But then you'll just be on an alternate Earth living there. Uh, and we've discussed that in uh, previous episodes of uh, Occult Knowledge. Those of you who are listening on Hating a Magazine should refer to those podcasts. Um, but the political climate that we are in is also resisting this. There is a dramatic fight now between the the, the hardcore materialists and the more spiritual members of our society that understand that we're living in a spiritualized world that we must tend to in a physical way. And uh, global warming is occurring. And despite the madness that is derived from the hate for a president based on nothing except maybe his different race, his what he represents as the new wave of intellectual intellectual achievement, getting away getting away from the cobwebs of the old assuming what is true and, and going into, you know, science instead of superstition and what the corporate powers want us to believe. We've produced, through our educational system, through our foundational principles, we have produced a man who is a competent president. He was educated in Harvard, and he is okay. The derangement in trying to oppose this man causes all kinds of problems for the other side given that they must, in to oppose calmness, to oppose normalcy, one must become unnormal, one must become uncalm. And this is what we are seeing in the GOP race, outlandish views. And it's very difficult to disagree with somebody who fundamentally agreed with you five years ago, and now you have changed every single position so as to oppose this man who he is no friend to liberals, but he is no doubt a good and decent man. Uh, let's move out of the sphere of politics and into the, the, the sphere of the human body. Your human body is yours. It is yours to heal. It is, oh man, I'm going the wrong way. It is yours to, um, it is yours to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm driving. 
anyway, where am I? Where was I saying? Your your body is yours to to ameliorate, to make better, to make stronger. That's what time should be doing for your body, not weakening it. And that's where the principle of of weakening over time will finally die in 2012. And that is what the Mayan calendar, the end of it, represents. It is, in fact, the end of time. As measured as a product of, or as a cause of aging. It was nothing but a coincidence that over time people degenerated. The fact is that the aging was caused by other things. And we've gone over what they are. A lot of the bad habits that people are engaged on that they need to cut back on, especially sugar, is one of the main culprits in degenerating the body over time when it need not degenerate at all. It's just deleterious to eat sugar. It doesn't matter where it comes from. And this is the message that Genesis was trying to provide for us and has gotten so forgotten. The notion of original sin comes from the fact that when you eat, when you consume sugary stuff, uh, stuff with that raises your glycemic index, and then you dip below your normal level of sugar, you have dark thoughts, my friend. You have thoughts that are wrong, thoughts that take you in directions that you probably wouldn't have gone in had you not reached low levels of sugar. Sugar is a drug that is unrecognized in our society. It is the elephant in the room that nobody sees. And it is the thing that is is sucking the life out of our children, out of our old people, out of our parents, and out of you. Do not eat this hemlock. It is naturally occurring, and we were warned about it at a very early time. We had immortality until we ate of the fruit of knowledge. No one knows, can tell you specifically what that fruit was, because it is any fruit, any fruit that has... And we know now through scientific evidence that they were just trying to tell us a scientific fact, that the darkness comes from that drug in the fruit that comes over us, comes over our children, comes over everything, causes diabetes, erodes our teeth, whitens our skin, whitens our hair, wrinkles us, prunes us up, makes us constipated, makes us, yes, evil. That is where the sin comes from. I don't know, Jesus Christ didn't maybe get to that point yet or didn't understand it. I don't want to attribute any, I don't want to criticize anybody. I'm just saying that could have been helpful to know. But now we know it. We understand. So, as your diet improves, as you cut the high sugary stuff out, just eat whatever it is. Just make sure it's not highly concentrated in sugar. Just eat stuff that has a slow effect. Pasta, beans, vegetables, meat, all these things. A little thing on meat. Meat can only help you if you are functioning at a better vibrational level than the animal that you are consuming. If you do not, if you are a brash, non-caring, unconcerned individual about your fellow man, you are vibrating at a much lower level than that mere animal. 
most animals are on a fundamental agreement with their own species. And if you are a, 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 a evil person in any way, that meat will destroy you, will break you down, will make you an old man. So not as much as sugar, but it's there to do it the same way. Sugar helps it along. Anyway, so think of it like that. Just try to stay eating stuff. And like I said, go to Stevia. If you have a sweet tooth, go to Stevia. K-A-L is the brand that I recommend. Anyway, back to... uh, uh, Now, in terms of now being Mike Trojan, I also have to tell a little bit about and, and being, being that this is an advanced, a special advanced macking crossover with occult knowledge crossover with Hating It Magazine episode, um, I need to kind of uh, talk a little bit about the whole notion of faithfulness from a woman and whether or not you should um, ever have any uh, doubts or how do you keep a woman faithful? What is the way to do that. I mean, a lot of men have down the ages asked this eternal question and is there ever a sure thing that you can kind of rest on your laurels and be like, okay, this is my girl? Well, the answer, the short answer to that is no. But the longer answer is perhaps. The bottom line is is that as long as your eye doesn't wander and you don't have any plans of cheating, you can be basically assured that the karmic balances will be there where it won't happen to you, okay? Number one. Number two is if you really believe that it's going to happen to you, uh, then you can kind of bring it about, you know, if you're just constantly believing that something's going to happen and, like, acting in a certain way with the girl with that in your head. So it's not it's not good to have those kind of thoughts. And apropos of the sugar conversation, they often come when you're low in blood sugar. After you've eaten something sweet, and then a few hours later, your blood sugar dips below normal, and, and that's where all these dark thoughts, my girlfriend cheating on me, flood, flood in. Uh, so make sure that you are, you yourself are um, faithful all the time. And then also... Um, you 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 know, okay? You have to kind of do the thought experiment in your head. Now, let's and put yourself in your shoes when the girl actually commits this act against you, okay? So now, all of a sudden, now this is a new woman. This is a different woman than the one that you were in a relationship with prior to her cheating on you, right? She is a woman who will cheat on you, okay? Now. Doesn't that change the equation on some level about whether or not this is a quality woman or not that you would want to even be with? So don't you understand that the minute she does something like that and you find out about it, and it will come out, nothing lever stays buried. The minute that you do find out about it, wouldn't you just naturally say, oh, you're not the person I thought you were. I'm going to dump you right now. And I won't even have a second thought. I mean, I'll feel bad. I'll kind of miss you. And it'll be sad because I guess we have a friendship. But, like, on a fundamental level, like, that's really the cement that keeps all relationships together is this kind of uh, faithfulness. So the minute it's violated, and not only that, but it's just 
the girl in herself, like, stops appearing to be that quality girl. And it's funny because a lot of guys, they don't do this thought experiment. So they get mortified that this woman that they love so much would cheat on them. And they think that after the girl cheats on them, they're going to love them the same, but then they're going to have to overlook this thing that happened. It's not going to happen that way. What's going to happen is you're not going to love them the same. You're going to love them a lot less. In fact, you probably won't even like them anymore. So why would you care at that point? That's that's what she did. I mean, in a way, she's freed you from ever having to look back on this girl. And that's a great thing. I mean, there's there's nothing like a clean break. So, like, a girl cheating on you could be the greatest gift you ever have in your life. I mean, guys, let's face it, we only get better with age. The later in life that we finally settle down with a girlfriend, the hotter the girlfriend's going to be. That's just the way it is. Especially if you're, like, pursuing the game and you're not, like, some fucking idiot. But if you're just kind of focusing in and, and working on your career while you have your free time, doing the shit you need to do to, like, become the man that you want to admire... Uh, while you're doing that in the off time, you're inevitably going to grow into a more and more eligible bachelor. And pretty soon, by the time you get to, you know, your 40s or something like that, you're going to be like the sin qua non of a man, and you can have any girl you want. So you know that that's going to be the case, so, you know, uh, you might as well just hold off as long as you can. And the point is, is that if some girl along the way that you're dating decides to cheat on you, Shit, she's just freeing you up for a better prospect. There's just no question about it. You're going to do better the next time. So I know it's, like, impersonal to talk like that and, like, yeah, there's this emotional connection that gets broken, and that can be painful. But you must separate it from whether or not, because you must separate it from the whole disqualifier that is basically cheating. So it's like a disqualification. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how you feel about it, you got disqualified, it's over. The relationship is over. So you have to really put yourself in. A lot of guys are afraid to go there in their mind. They just want to just... And you and believe me, you can't... Like, if you have a negative thing that you're trying to avoid, you're always going to fuck up. Because you en- you're envisioning what you're trying to avoid, and that brings you quicker to it. I mean, that's the whole envisioning principle. You don't envision what you want to avoid. You envision what you want to happen. And uh, most guys who are thinking about girls cheating on them, they're just thinking about how do I avoid this girl from cheating on me? And, like, by doing that, they kind of drive, they they just create it from happening. I mean, it's just they really do. Uh, They they make it happen. Um, so yeah, just just an interesting thought, you know, it's for you to ponder. And so when you, you know, really think about it, you shouldn't have any fear of a girl cheating on you, okay? And just imagine if somebody could come to you and be like, turn your feelings off about the girl that you're with right now. Just turn them off. Just make them like, you don't care about this girl, you're not attracted, you're done with her. That's how, you're, that's how you know you're going to feel if you hear or if you know if you know for a fact that she's cheated on you, and not just that you think, but if you know, the minute that knowledge comes into your brain, your feelings for her will be short-circuited completely. I mean, you will feel for her, like, as a as a human being, and maybe a little bit more than that, obviously, because she's been with you for so long. But on the other hand, you also know that this is not the woman for you, and this was never the woman for you. So 
it's over. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you'll be doing better uh, guaranteed if you just move on and trade up. So that's just my discussion uh, for those of you who are listening on the uh, Mike Trozen's Advanced Macking page. Um, I just wanted to uh, just go back to a little bit of politics for the Hating It Magazine page, which is a political-type site at hatingitmagazine.com. Um, I'm kind of sitting in for Logan, who usually does the show. Uh, but I just wanted to give my two cents on this current uh, political stuff that's going on. Um, look, I, I'm I'm going to just be honest. Like, I'm pretty much a liberal. Like, I believe that I believe that a bigger government, to a certain extent, can help stimulate the economy in a way that helps the middle class, and that if when the government is a little too small and kind of anemic, it tends to do a lot of things that are in favor of business, but not necessarily does it protect the things that we hold dear as human beings, like the middle class, like the environment, like all these different things that we care about, that are values in the human realm, and that that in order to protect them, there is a necessity for some of the people who make profits uh, that affect these areas would have to take a little less in profit. And a bigger government can often deflect uh, or often keep and preserve these values from being violated by the the corporate, the bigger, monop- you know, big uh, corporate money powers that are out there. So there needs to be like a, a sort of balance between government and private sector where not one is not like hopelessly weak so that the private sector can just run roughshod, uh, that they have actually have kind of equal power and that, yes, when the government is too powerful and it, it emphasizes too much influence on the business sector, then we can have an imbalance on that score. But there's no question that we've been in the other direction and to our detriment. Uh, the, 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 the central notion that we should be, that, our, that the main goal of capitalism is to have a functioning middle class that is um, vibrant and, and robust is the thing that's being lost sight of in all these trade deals and all these um, efforts to give more and more uh, money to the top 1%. It's just not function. It's not the goal there is not to create a functioning uh, middle class. In fact, on the contrary, the goal of all economic type policy was to um, thin out the uh, middle class so they weren't such a potent force in the Democratic Party and by that score cripple the Democratic Party. Uh, It was a political strategy and it is largely... um, redounded to the Republicans' benefit, and, and politically speaking, because their ideas were starting to uh, become rejected by the general society, so they needed to really weaken the Democratic uh, base of support. So they went after unions, they went after the middle class, uh, they, they inflated the, the, the wealth of the 1% so they could have even more influence on our political system, and they gave themselves a, a, a huge edge in this, uh, in, in this uh, political fight even though their numbers and their the agreement among American people is that their ideas are not really what we believe in. And uh, so it's, it's, it's very fascinating that they are kind of running at 50%, given that a lot of – they basically – the Republican Party is really nothing but a stand-in for these uh, rich 1% that don't necessarily care whether the middle class gets better or not. In fact, they have more power proportionately 
to the extent that the economy stays at a deflated rate. If the economy comes back up, there's more upward mobility. There's uh, their money, their huge store of money, actually is is not as valuable um, as as a contrast to everybody else. Um, and this is this might be some kind of fetishistic thing that is occurring among rich people to to uh, I, I don't know to to have this um, this kind of influence power. I don't know. Uh, but the point being that it's not healthy for the middle class, and I believe that the middle class, the thriving of which is needs to be the, the main focus of all our efforts as a government and as, as an economic system. Uh, once, if, if anything starts to make the middle class decline and we can fix it economically, we should. So, for example, all these trade agreements that we've entered into that have slashed all the uh, tariffs, and it made it very easy to import basically slave labor. And it's an important question to ask, does capitalism require slave labor to function? Uh, the answer you got was all the way from 1934 to about 1980. And, it, and the answer was, no, it does not. It needs good unionized labor, and, and then we can have a thriving middle class, and we can have a capitalist system, and everybody makes money, and it's just fine. So, uh, so Obama comes onto the scene, Obama is a competent president. There's nothing you, if you try to deny that this guy is a competent president, you come off looking like a nut. And this is the problem with the Republican Party. They just are opposing him, no matter what position he takes, not caring that they've taken those same positions previously, not caring that they are forced to take an extreme position because Obamas are eminently reasonable and in the middle, much to the chagrin of a lot of liberals that you inevitably, Obama, just by being who he is and by inciting, the, I mean, by uh, engendering the kind of rage that he does, uh, is, is uh, creating a party that just looks like a bunch of crazy people to the average voter. And this is why you see Obama's numbers creeping up ever steadily. Because, look, the guy got a good education. The guy's a decently intelligent guy. The guy's a nice guy. Like, he is a perfect human being for the most part. I mean, except for a few things. I mean, I think he, personally, I think he, he doesn't fight enough for the middle class. But let's just, you know, that's my little quip, quip about him. But on the whole, the guy is a competent dude. I mean, compared to the guy they thrust upon the world eight years, uh, four years ago, for, or what was it now, uh, 12, almost ten years ago, George W. Bush. Horrible, horrible president. And just that anyone would find themselves or would define themselves as Republican after after that party is responsible for the biggest idiot to come to office ever in the history of the United States is really just like, it's, an, it's, it's beyond me to understand. I don't understand how you could be proud of a party that was thrust upon the world such an obvious fool. Uh, that is, it was embarrassment to the country in many ways, and, and and like made us really look bad. And on the con, on the contrast to that, Obama, who makes the country look awesome. Now imagine Romney as the main guy in front of our country. Is that the best guy we got out of all the fucking people in this planet? Is this the best guy we have, Romney? I can make an argument for Barack Obama, but Romney, 
this guy has a deer in the headlights look every time he looks into a microphone. He's so scared about uh, offending the medieval right that he's become a complete pretzel when it comes to all his positions. He's a, just a total he's zero. He scares me more than any other candidate, including Santorum, for the simple reason that the guy is a zero. He's a cipher. He's a, he's a nothing. He's a windbag. His father was ten times the man he was. And so you don't want to put him near the commander-in-chief's office. The guy's been obsessively running for president for eight years. He's obsessed at this point. He's obsessed. He'll say anything. He'll do anything. He'll be anyone you want him to be. And, and this is the problem. And no one's going to believe in that kind of authenticity or that kind of non-authenticity. So that guy's out. Uh, what else? Um, but, I mean, is, is Santorum going to do anything to Obama? No. But this is the whole thing. I mean, it's like Obama has to be described as this, like, the number one threat to the United States at this point. I mean, that's the way that they depict him in the uh, in the election. And, like, I guess that's how you have to do it. But, like, the outrage that the liberal and they're sort of imitating the outrage that the liberals felt for Bush when he was in office, but that was justified. Bush was a nut. Bush was a horrible president. So, of course, like, there was huge opposition to him, and he was, like, hugely, uh, and, yeah, we did talk about take our country back and all that shit, because it was like, this guy was fucking taking us on a joyride with his, with, with our army into Iraq, uh, just not looking at, like, we're a rock coming in from fucking the side, uh, looking at the 9-11 attack. I mean, this guy is just the most shitty driver of the country that we've ever had, and we're just coming off this crazy ride, and, uh... Just unbelievable that we had to sustain. I mean, it's it's amazing that America has survived the fucking presidency of George W. Bush. That's your legacy, Republican Party, and you're never going to shake it off. You're not going to shake it off for like a hundred years. Take it from me, because I'm talking to the time travelers over there. That's it. You don't have presidency for another hundred because of that. So, uh, good luck to Obama. Uh, looks like Rick Perry is going to run in 2016. Uh, he was he was a hating a magazine cover boy, and uh, he is an idiot. Uh, but uh, you have to be an idiot to to try to muster a straight face argument about how this president is somehow incompetent. You really really have to be a fucking fool or a charlatan. So you better just cut it out. Read Andrew Sullivan's Sullivan's article. That, uh, I think it's a uh, Newsweek. He just really talks about it, man. Like, you know, why are Obama haters so fucking stupid? Anyway, that's the answer. Uh, because in order to oppose a perfectly rational man, you have to become irrational. Anyway, thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, remember, stay away from the sugar, stay away from the fruit. Breathe deeply all the time. Keep a smile on your face. Be good to your fellow man. Peace.